G'day, as ever, it's good to be here. I communicated recently asking for prayer for tonight as I was planning to speak on Romans 13. So if you're here tonight expecting that, I'm terribly sorry, but that's not where we're going. Perhaps another time. And while preparing, I was given a nagging impetus by the Spirit to do something entirely different. So bearing that in mind, we come to Genesis chapter 1. Let's celebrate our God now as we are reminded of his wonder. But first I'll pray again. Father, thank you that once again for the, the freedom that we have to meet. We thank you for your majesty, your wonder, your awe. Thank you that you have been willing to help for us to follow you. And may you use the words that I speak now, Father, for your glory. And that the thoughts and words of our own minds and hearts of everyone here will be for your glory. And we ask this, Father, through the name of your Son, Jesus, and in the power of the Holy Spirit, who lives within us and unites us as family. Amen. We read verse 1. If we can get this going. Yes, going. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That's the moment in time when God, who is outside of time and space, created the universe, which is 90 billion light years across. That would take a long time to hitchhike across, wouldn't it? And within this universe, he created 30 galaxies, including our own, the Milky Way. Oh, by the way, if I get too excited, I get up to about 200 words a minute. So you'll have to slow me down. And within the Milky Way, God created a solar system which contains our planet Earth with 100 billion stars in it. God created the planet Earth and placed it just so that it would always be the right distance away from the sun in order to support life. Never too close and never too far away as the Earth orbits the sun. Just right. Though I'm sure there are some people here who think that in the past couple of weeks it's got a bit too close for comfort. It's a nice warm winter's day for me. I even wore short sleeves just to make you feel comfortable. And we see in this story from Genesis chapter 1 that Almighty God created, hovered, separated, made, let be, gathered, called, saw, commanded, set, gave and blessed. He said, let there be light and there was light. A great God of wonder is he. Do you know this God or do you merely know about him? In the sea and the land, there are countless species of animal life created by God. As evidence that he has a sense of humour, God created the duck-billed platypus. Where is he? He's gone into hiding. Well, they're almost extinct. Whoa. Is he going to come? Yes, there he is. See, he turned up just in time, like all Australians. It's a combination of a duck, a beaver and an otter. It finds its food by detecting electrical signals. When the young are hatched from its eggs, the platypus sweats milk for its young to suckle. God's sense of humour at work. 
He made 10,000 species of bird. Birds such as the woodpecker, for whom he created a sponge-like pad behind its beak, so that as the woodpecker bangs its beak into a tree up to 12,000 times a day at 15 miles an hour, it doesn't knock itself out or cause brain damage. Wondrous care for his creation by the wondrous God, our creator. There are 400,000 different species of plants, all formed with an utterance by God, go and grow. Their innate beauty, singing the creator's praise as they they reach for the sky and dig their roots deep into the nutritious, life-giving soil. Amazing, isn't it? And we take this for granted. And even more wondrous though, even more wondrous than that, is that God created humanity in his own likeness and image. Even Chris. Wow. You and I, no two humans in all of history are completely the same despite outward appearances. Each tongue print is different, even in Siamese twins. Every day, each of us produces 200 billion new red blood cells and our blood travels 12,000 miles within our body. Over a lifetime, a person will on average talk continuously for 12 years, walk 13,000 miles, grown 400 yards of fingernail, grown 600 miles of hair on their head and blinked 415 million times. Amazing. And the total length of all the nerves in your body is 47 miles. There's enough DNA in your body that if decompressed, would wrap around the diameter of our solar system twice. You are that big, and yet you're so small. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. Your eye can distinguish up to 10 million different colours, even if your brain forgets 99% of them. Your heart beats 35 million times a year. Every day, each of us loses 1 million skin cells. That's about 2 kilograms every year. Natural weight loss. There are over 100,000 chemical reactions occur in your brain every second. Amazing. And did you feel that last incoming brain impulse you had? It was travelling at 250 miles an hour. Incredible. That's you and I. I know some people it may seem a little bit slower, but it's not. And the speed of a sneeze is only 100 miles an hour. So a sneeze is slower than a brain impulse. Incredible. You and I are wonderfully and beautifully made. Oh, do you see that? Despite the aches and pains of our fallen and failing bodies, I'm standing here primarily on my left leg because if I stand on my right leg, I'll probably fall over. One day our aching bodies will be made perfect if we hold on to God through Jesus Christ. Each one of us is diverse from the other. Admittedly, some are more diverse than others. And each one is loved by Almighty God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. This is my God. Do you know this God intimately? Not just know about him, but do you know him? Do you know for yourself that love of his? And do you live that love from above? As for the creation account before us, 
Some people think it was a literal six days of 24-hour length, and yet others, six periods of a thousand years or six days have evolved under God's guidance over millions of years. Others, such as Augustine in the 5th century, thought the creation event was instantaneous in that six days is seen as signifying different orders of creation, but not different periods in time. However God created the universe, he created it. He made it and formed it and guided it. He is God and he is in total control. God instantaneously and effortlessly willed the universe to exist and so it did and so it does. And we see throughout this creation event God interested in his creation and investing in it. We see God actively caring for the world, don't we? Primarily through that account or from our experience. And God is not, as some other religions claim, a being of beings who is remote and disinterested in the world. By all means, no. If he was like that, he wouldn't be God. He'd be part of the problem. God is a God of wonder and personality. He's a God who is beyond our time and space, yet who becomes involved within time and space. God is a God who is free from all earthly restraints who becomes intimately involved with all of his creation. Our God is active and has always been active in time and space. Except for one time in all of history. And we'll come to that later. It's the God we worship. Do you know him? Do you really know this God in a personal, life-changing and intimate way? It's still not too late if you don't. This God can be known personally and intimately. God cares and loves for all humanity, despite humanity's best efforts to decry those cares through apathy, uh, disdain, ignorance and willful disobedience. This God of wonder who desires that each human be in a personal, active, intimate and dynamic relationship with him. Does it describe you? Are you in relationship with this God? Do you know him personally? Again, it's not too late. This is our God whom we Christians are called to follow, love, obey and worship. Are you doing that? And we do it not out of blind savagishness, but out of love and devotion to a God who is worthy. God is infinite, perfect and unspeakably glorious in all his way, all his being, all his doing, attributes and works. God is altogether perfect and glorious in his wisdom, power, justice, holiness and mercy. God is inconceivably perfect in his very being. He's a God of awe and wonder. Do you see that? God is one, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. That's my God. God is eternal. He's without beginning or end. God lives in the eternal present. For God, the past, present and future and now for him. This is my God. I know him. I didn't just know about him. I know him. I love him and I desire him. Do you know him? Do you love him? Do you desire him? God is always very near, everywhere and every present. He is always there. God fills the universe in all its parts without division. When James Irwin went to the moon, he could sense the presence of God on the moon. God is there. God has perfect knowledge of all things, actual, past, present, future and possible. God knows all things and all eventualities within that knowledge. 
God has self-consciousness and is communicative. Am I speaking too quickly, Roger? He's above and beyond everything in this created world. God has self-existence apart from and independent of his creation. The whole of his creation reflects God's majesty and greatness. This is a God of intimate and limitless wonder. Do you know him? He knows you and cares for you. Do you recognize him? And there's more of this amazing wonder. God is full of grace. God gives us what we do not deserve and we can receive the unmerited goodness of God. God is holy. This is a God who has moral excellence and perfection. God is love and this is expressed as God communicates to us and gives holy of himself to us. God is patient, slow to anger and longing to forgive. God is truth and the revelation source and foundation of all truth is God. This God is also personal. Wonder of all wonders, there is an intimacy to be had with God. A God who is personal must therefore be capable of having and sustaining relationships. A God who sustains relationships will also want to be known. Amazing. Do you know him? Not just know about him, do you know him personally and intimately? This is my God of wonder, my God of beauty beyond imagination and a God who loves me and he cares for me. Oh, how God loves you and cares for you. I've been a Christian now for about 37 years and he's been with me wherever I've gone. How about you? God is love. He loves you and 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 he loves you. Wow, he loves me, even more amazing. And if God was not love, then he would not be God. The God we serve as Christian exhibits and oozes love and this God commands us as the church to love one another so that he will be seen. Have you expected his love for you this week? Have you accepted his love for you? How have you shown love to others this week? even love to those who claim to be your enemies or are deliberately ignorant of you. God loves you immeasurably and wants to help you. God wants you to respond to him with love and affection. Why not start today and ask him for help? God is interested in every facet of your life. If he would not, then he would not be personal. And if he were not personal then he wouldn't be a loving God Almighty, would he? What's even more wondrous about this great God is that he has revealed himself to humanity. Amazing. Why would God, an all-powerful, all-knowing and all-wise God, decide to become a part of his own creation? Why would Almighty God, who created this amazing universe, enter time and space by limiting himself to a woman's womb for nine months and become human. Why? Because God is love. In the beginning, God and humanity were in relationship. 
there was an innate intimacy between God and humanity. However, shortly after their creation, humanity disobeyed God's clear command. Humanity said, hey, you know what, God, I love you, but I think my way is going to go best, isn't it? Know what I mean? Or he would if he was English. So I'm going to go do that. See you later. Humanity went ahead with their way and in an act of disobedience sinned against Almighty God and broke that intimacy. You can read about it in Genesis 3. The relationship was broken and afterwards there was nothing that humanity could do about it in order to restore that relationship between God and humanity. Therefore God himself needed to intervene so that humanity could choose to return to being in that intimate relationship with God. The Old Testament traces that journey through such people as Abraham, Sarah, Moses, Joshua, Esther, Ruth, David, the best name, and others. Then, then when the time was right, God humbled himself, became the man we know as Jesus Christ. He gave an example of a perfect life in order to prepare for the future redemption of all creation. Does it not make you want to go, wow? Perhaps I'm just alone in that. Oh, sorry, I forgot your English and you don't make noises during sermons. And in this way, God himself has taken on the responsibility for the sins of humanity. In this way, we would say God got his hands dirty. Jesus, the Son of God, the man of history, bore our sins on the cross, became sin for us, even though he was himself sinless and perfect. That is why this almighty God became a mere man. By doing this, we are drawn to him in a personal way, drawn to him in an intimate way. And yes, I know men are normally scared of the word intimacy, Australian men anyway. In other words, God got his hands dirty. God has shown us that he loves us and wants us to be in a relationship with himself. And through Jesus, the Son of God, God has bridged the gap between the supernatural and the natural, the infinite and the finite, to show us what it is truly like, what he is truly like. Jesus, as God in person, gives humanity a focal point to respond to. God does not force people to love him, but he invites all people to be in that intimate and dynamic relationship with him. God wants all humans to return to intimacy with him, including you and I. I still find it amazing. Jesus was conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of a woman we know as Mary. In a prenatal condition at least, Jesus was nurtured and formed as any other baby was and is. Jesus was fully human and he exhibited normal human emotions such as love, sorrow, anger, joy, happiness and anguish. Jesus ate and drank. Jesus had a body and a soul. Jesus grew tired. He shed tears of sorrow. He slept and he even perspired. He had normal human experiences, 
such as temptations, thirst and hunger. He worshipped as a Jew. He fed the masses with fish and bread, wiped tears and washed the feet of others. He healed the sick, raised the dead to new life and did many other miraculous deeds in the power of God. Wow. Jesus died. He was human in every way that we are, physically, mentally and emotionally. Easy to forget that, isn't it? Or is it just me that has that kind of memory problem? And the only exception to all of this is that he was perfect. He was sinless. That is, Jesus lived a perfect life without doing wrong against God or people. He was simultaneously the Son of Man and the Son of God and he didn't inherit the tendency to sin that we have. God's salvation plan for humanity involved triumphant victory over sin, death and the grave. God himself stepped into human history, became a man and got his hands dirty so that this victory could be achieved. This God-man was also fully human so that he would live every feature and facet of humanity, including suffering and death. This God-man also remained fully God so as to be able to defeat sin, death and the grave. And the man we know was Jesus Christ was this God-man. Jesus didn't remain dead. He rose again to new life three days afterwards before ascending into the sky back to the right-hand side of God the Father. Jesus has conquered death. Do you know him? Not just know about him, know him. There's a difference. And as we read the Bible, we see a portrait of Jesus Christ. He's altogether lovely in his personhood, humanity, birth, life, ministry, death, resurrection, ascension, exaltation, glorification, grace, protection, tenderness, power, wisdom, judgment and majesty. If that doesn't make you go, wow, nothing will. Jesus Christ, completely unique, majestic, tender, wise, strong and lovely. That's my Jesus. Is this the Jesus that you know? Going on quickly now. Well, at least in theory. Let's see what the relationship is between Jesus and the Christian. The Apostle Paul writing in Colossians 3 describes this relationship succinctly. We see that the Christian has died with Jesus, has been raised again to new life with Jesus, lives with Jesus, is hidden with Jesus and will be glorified with Jesus at the end of time. Is that you? When Jesus Christ comes again, if you're a Christian, you will see him face to face. He will take your face in his hands and you know what he'll do? Well, somebody might give him a slap. But he'll wipe away your tears. Your tears of joy, your tears of sorrow, your, tro your tears of excitement. Can you feel it? Can you imagine it? That he embraces and he'll take us home to eternal glory. One day I'll get in. I've already been sent back at least twice. Thank you.
And because of Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone, the Christian is saved and in an intimate relationship with God. No other way. The other religions can bleat all they like. They can't say that, can they? Because of Jesus Christ, the Christian is saved, is being saved, and will be saved. And as Christians, we're to go on and develop godly character as we grow in intimacy with God. We have access to God, we have a glorious hope, we have God's love, we have God's Holy Spirit living within us as a seal of our salvation and unifying us as a family. So whether you like it or not, I am family. We have peace and reconciliation with God and finally we have a personal and intimate relationship with God Almighty. Wow. What's the word, Aubrey? Wow. It's only four so far. Can you imagine me doing this with Romans? Does that describe you? All this is possible only because of Jesus Christ and him alone. Nobody and nothing else can guarantee an assured, dynamic, intimate and personal relationship with God. Nobody. The Muslims complete all they like. Nobody. An intimate relationship with God who saves, rescues and transforms people, including yourself. No other religion can make such exclusive claims. Does that describe you? That's the message we Christians are to take to this world by all means possible and we're to live out in every aspect of our life. Or at least try. How is your intimacy with God going if you're a Christian here tonight? Intimacy is seen as a close familiarity or friendship. Intimacy is togetherness, affinity, rapport, attachment, familiarity, confidentiality, friendliness, companionship, affection, warmth and understanding. Does that describe your relationship with God? As I said before, sometimes God has to give me a clip round the ears to get my attention, but that's probably because I'm a bit thick. Christianity is God and the church in an intimate, active and dynamic relationship. Amazing. Are you a child of God and following this God? Do you recognise this intimacy with God in yourself or in other people? To be a Christian is to be in an intimate relationship with God and developing that intimacy with him. Intimacy with God is going on with life, developing that relationship and refining that unique bond between God and yourself, between God and myself, the unique bond. And to know that God desires for me to know him more and more is of great encouragement to me. Every morning when I wake up at 4.30, I say, Good morning, Dad, what are we going to do today? And he says, Quieten down for a few hours while young me sleeps. And at the end of the day, I can come to him and I can praise him for another day of life. Amazing God. A God of wonder. To remind it to me constantly that I'm loved by God regardless of how I'm feeling and how other people treat me. It's a developing and maturing intimacy between God and myself. 37 years now. Could the same be said of you? 
And this intimacy with God is shown and developed through things such as acts of faith, meditation on God, obedience to God, prayer to God, reading the Bible, service of and to God, using our spiritual gifts for God's glory and worship of and to Almighty God. Intimacy with God is seen in the act of worship we know as the Holy Communion or Lord's Supper, which we'll engage with shortly. Have you ever considered Holy Communion as an act of intimacy with God? We're commanded. So how can we conclude then? Tonight we look very briefly at who our God is. Hope that I was able to convey at least in some small way, the wonder of God to act and that it would be a reminder if nothing else. Sometimes we need to go back to basics and be reminded of the awesomeness of the God we worship and celebrate and know. I don't know much about anything, but I know God loves me. And if you go from here with nothing else, then know that you know that you know that you know that God loves you. A God of intimate and limitless wonder who is personal, loves you and all people you know and meet. We saw together some of his attributes from our collective knowledge about him and of him. That this God who is outside of time and space created time and space, entered time and space in the person of Jesus Christ so that all of humanity may have the choice to be in a dynamic, intimate and personal relationship with God Almighty himself. That's the message we are to take to others, isn't it? When was the last time you told somebody about this message, this great God of intimacy? Instead of making intimacy the God as the world does. Our God has, we have seen, hopefully, is a creative God. Just look around the room at the evidence. Every one of us is different from others. Some of us are probably a little bit more different. This creativity is all around us. As humans, we're created in his image, and as a result, we also are creative. Everybody here has some form of significant creative potential. If you don't think you do, perhaps it's because you haven't found your own niche yet. If you want to see creativity in action, just watch children. Because they do it naturally, don't they? Even somebody who doesn't normally deal with anybody under 25 knows that. And Jesus used creativity in his teaching. He took everyday people and objects and created lessons out of them, didn't he? Think of some of your own favourite parables and see the creativity behind them. As for the Psalms, they're filled with creative language in order to praise God, seek penance from God and express a desire to know God better. I'm a Christian and I have been now for 37 years. I know no other way to be. I love him and I know beyond all doubt that he loves me despite my frequent tears and tantrums towards him. If you think I get upset with you, you see where I'll get upset with him. 
God knows me best and I seek to acquiesce to his love and his knowledge in all aspects of life. He's my master. And yet amazingly, wonder of all wonders, he's willing to hear my voice. I'm in an intimate relationship with God because of him alone through his wellsprings of grace, love and mercy alone. His desire is to have me serve uh, him and for him to lavish his love upon me in all manner of ways and in all circumstances of life. God comforts me in my challenges and challenges me in my comforts. And it's all for his sake and for his glory. When I slip up and I'm disobedient as I often am, I can come to him in contrition and penitence, confess my wrongdoing to him and he forgives me because he loves me. Amazing. A God who loves me and holds me dear. But you never thought you'd hear an Australian male speaking like that, would you? He's a God of wonder. A true God of limitless wonder and intimacy. God isn't so big that he doesn't care about the things that concern me. I can turn them over to him and trust him to take care of them. And the great God of wonder and intimacy is actively involved in his creation. He cares for you, even though you are English. He loves you. Do you spend time alone with him in some way every day? Are you using your creativity, your innate creativity, for his glory? What is it that you're holding on to, either consciously or subconsciously, that you think is too big or too small for God to handle? Because we all do it, don't we? Or am I alone in that? So we to let go and give it to him. What are you trying to hide from him that he already knows about? We try to pay fake psychology with ourselves, don't we? You can trust God. He is altogether trustworthy. What areas of your life is he challenging you in? What areas of your life do you need his comfort? If you need help, then please do see Derek or one of the pastoral team after and they would love to pray help and give you counsel as appropriate. They also love and care for you. Are you suffering in some way tonight? It's common to all of humanity. Our God is not remote to our sufferings. Are you grieving tonight? Remember the account of Jesus weeping at the death of his friend? God has intimate knowledge of suffering and pain. We know this because Jesus, the Son of God, suffered and died on a Roman cross so that you and I could choose to be in a dynamic, intimate, personal relationship with Almighty God. And one day, as we've already said, if you're a Christian, this Jesus will physically take your face in his scarred hands and wipe away your tears. Again, amazing. If you need to, speak to somebody here. And finally, if you would not call yourself a Christian, Please don't leave here without talking to somebody else about it all. God is calling you by name, just as he called me by name 37 years ago. And he wants you to be his child, his person and his follower. This great God of the universe, who is outside of time and space, 
entered time and space as a human in the man we know as Jesus Christ. Why? So you could have the choice to become one of his children or not. Will you not take up that opportunity tonight? Please don't leave with here without talking to somebody about it. And let's pray again. Oh God, you are truly of wonder and awe. And wonder of all wonders, we thank you that you desire to be in an intimate, personal relationship with us humans. Once again, Father, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you that you who are outside of time and space, entered time and space, confined yourself to a body for initially as a fetus for nine months in a woman's womb, died and rose again, paying the price, paying the cost, so that we could have a choice to become your children or not. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. And all of God's people said, Amen.